So, Judge Dread kind of fits. What's a worse profession to affix Dread to? Uh, Dr. Dread? Dr. Dread isn't great. Um, <laughs> Principal Dread? Principal Dread, yeah, also is um, it's going to be some short, harsh life lessons that are bound to make an impact. Life, life lessons that you'll be able to use later on. But you're just not going to appreciate getting your head blown off because you were in the hall without a hall pass. Yeah. It's tough, but fair. Yeah, it, it, it is fair. Um, it's, you know, so long as there's a very strict set of rules for, for Principal Dread to adhere to, then you've got no worries. <laughs> as long as everybody knows what the rules are, right? Yeah. Then you can't say further than that. And same goes for Dr. Dread, you know? You didn't eat your five apples a day, now Dr. Dread is here. <laughs> five apples. I think it was a apple. I've, uh, he's upped it, though. He's a very unfair draconian man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like, I don't, I don't like, no one really enjoys going to visit Dr. Dread, I don't think. No, but the cancellation fees are pretty steep, so. Thing, the podcast has been falsified. I'm Paul Law, and I'm taking the long walk into the cursed earth of recommendations month with nothing more but a book of the law and a pump action Stuart Watkinson. That's me. I'm pump action Stuart Watkinson. <laughs> Hello there. How are you doing? Not too bad. I am all the better for this particular section of um, recommendations month because what's this? It's the villainous inbred gang of hillbillies that is 1995's Judge Dredd. Yeah. The city we continue to grow. 73 citizen riots. Come and get us! Throw out your weapons and prepare to be judged! Judge this! Court's adjourned. You're a legend. You were my finest student. You want chaos? The sentence shall be life imprisonment. I'm the chaos. Dread? Let me crush him, Paul! Excuse me? We're not together. Who says politics is boring? I'll be the judge of that. Yeah, it is a, a family favorite from where I'm from. Um, <laughs> however, I haven't watched it since I was a very young boy. Mm. Um, yeah, we'll talk about how that hasn't gone well for me. Um, <laughs> it's interesting because almost everyone I spoke to had very fond memories of this movie. Mm. Um, but they were all based on having not seen it for a little bit while. So it'll be curious. It'll be an interesting little revisit mm. because, uh, yeah, let's give a little background. This is the first adaptation of the 2000 AD comic created by writer Joe uh, Wagner or Wagner, perhaps, depending on how Germanic the Scottish um, John Wagner is feeling at any given moment. Um, and artist Carlos Esquera uh, back in 1976, first published in 77. And uh, yeah, the story for this one comes care of writers William Wisher Jr. and Michael DeLuca. Michael DeLuca had a very horror background, and but he then went on to work as a producer on all kinds of things, including Blade, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, Magnolia, Little Nicky, and Hedwig and the Angry Inch. So he's not one of those producers who leaves a very strong autorial stamp on the work he does. No, no, I'm just having a look now. <laughs> also, Captain Phillips, Moneyball, Social Network. <laughs> yeah, he has a very little career, does yeah. Mr. Mr. I think that's got to be fun, right? One of the things about producers is it's kind of like editing and cinematography. You can have the wildest, most inconsistent CV anyone's ever seen and just work on all sorts of things yeah 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 and the people who believe in auteur theory really love that because it's like yeah but it's the director you see it's the director that shapes it i guess they're right uh anyway from the story by that madman uh we get a draft uh sorry we get a script by co-writers william wisher jr who also did the story and he did additional dialogue for the terminator then co-wrote terminator 2 and went on to write die hard with a vengeance the 13th warrior eraser and the two movies that came out of one script, the um, Exorcist prequel. I can never get my head around what happened there, but they wrote a prequel to The Exorcist, and then somebody else ended up making it as well, and they released both. Oh. It's very confusing. Yeah, it's strange. One of them was called, like, The Exorcist The Beginning, and the other was called Dominion The Exorcist prequel, or something like that. It's really weird. Okay. Uh, but he was involved in that mess. 
And oh dear, the other writer is Stephen E. D'Souza, um, a man that we have discussed at length in our 10th episode ever, Street Fighter the Movie. Um, he co-wrote Street Fighter the Movie oh. and directed it, his only directorial effort. Um, I wonder but why. But the short version of his... Uh, well, there's a whole thing, but the short version is he had a great career writing really good action movies, then he made Street Fighter the Movie, and that kind of ruined his career. But he did make this after, so this was like the last ebb... <laughs> Before oh, he probably sunk. <laughs> Poor man. Yeah. He wrote Die Hard. Oh, wrote Die Hard, damn it. And Raul Julia did him in. Actually, it was JCVD, I think. Yeah, right. And his cocaine addiction. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. And addiction to Kylie Minogue, the two. Yeah. He had a lot of vices. <laughs> we have our script. But apparently, the executive producer, Edward Pressman, who also produced The Crow, Wall Street, and American Psycho, had the film rewritten by three TV guys. And I'm guessing that that role basically consisted of just tearing pages out of the script. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely huge leaps in between scenes <laughs> in this film. There is. You know the thing that really got me on this rewatch? The time from Dread being banished, like the courtroom scene, to him coming back to the city Six minutes. is 15 minutes. Oh, 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Yeah. From my childhood memories, that was a saga. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I, I've actually uh, made a note about um, uh, the Chief Justice, his uh, banishment mm. and, and re-entry into yeah. the film is like five or six minutes. I was, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's like a big they ordeal when he's, when he's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so long. He barely leaves frame. Yeah, he steps <laughs> then he into the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But now we need a director. They consider Rennie Harlan, Richard Donner, Peter Hewitt, and Richard Stanley. But instead of doing this, they respectively make Cutthroat Island, one of the biggest box office bombs ever made, Assassins, an unsuccessful sly movie that the Wachowskis, who wrote the script, tried to get their name taken off of, Tom and Huck, massive failure, and the island of Dr. Moreau, about which there is a documentary about how disastrously it went. So these men were all doomed anyway. It's, uh, it's like Final Destination. You escaped Judge Dredd, but death, career death will find you. <laughs> what a cursed bunch. Yeah, man, that is awful. <laughs> I, I kind of like Assassins a bit. It's got young Antonio Banderas, and he's bringing his young Antonio Banderas energy to it. you got to expect that, respect that at least. Ah, but the actual director they get to direct this ghost ship is um, Danny Cannon, whose only noteworthy credits are this, and then subsequently, I still know what you did last summer, and Geostorm, the uh, Gerard Butler movie that I think was made in like 2014 and then only got released after the uh, pandemic some, for some reason. Really? That's such a strange yeah, hold <laughs> really on a film that's issues. not very good. It is. No, yeah, absolutely. A long wait for a disappointment, unfortunately. He turned down the opportunity to make Die Hard with a Vengeance for uh, Judge Dredd and said that he wanted this to be the Ben-Hur of comic book movies. Right. Yeah, a little bit. Guess I can see that. Suddenly epic for a 90-minute movie. Yeah. Um, got a chase scene, I suppose. Um, it's got a chase. Oh, yeah, that could be a chariot alike. It kind of looked like and chariots. And the bit where Jesus shows up, as played by Rob there Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the Schneider cut later. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, they originally wanted Arnie for Dread and Joe Pesci in the Rob Schneider role. Yeah. And I know that they wanted Lethal Weapon-style comic relief Pesci, but it's a lot funnier to imagine Goodfellas Pesci in that role. Yeah. We've yeah. got to run. Stick it up your ass. Yo, fuck you. <laughs> hey, fuck you. You think I'm running for you? <laughs> Oh, Christ. In spite of not having Joe Pesci on set, there is apparently still conflict, though, because uh, Cannon, the director, and Sly fall out because Sly wants a funnier, more light-hearted film and pushed hard for it to be edited down to a PG-13 rating, uh, which included deleting a number of uh, violent sequences, including Dread fighting the clones at the end, which makes sense, because otherwise the clones are just there. Yeah, they are. Um, there remains only still footage of these sequences. Only stills, no, no actual. Yeah, footage. right. That's Can't imagine that. It. That does change things a bit, and makes the makes the end sequence slightly more interesting, possibly. 
it could have done. It also, like, scenes where he tells the robot to tear the guy's arms and legs off. Apparently they did shoot some stuff for that to happen. I think the splash of blood is maybe a bit more effective as a sort of suggestive thing, but also I'm curious to see how good that looked. Yeah, and if they saved the head for last, (laughs) like he says. Um, the resulting product was received by critics like 20 millimeter caseless fleshette rounds at 300 meters, just not very effective. Uh, Karen James at the New York Times said, although it is full of noise and fake firepower, Dread simply lies there on the screen until the final scenes. It's a really bleak summation of Mr. Sloan's abilities. Yeah, just- yeah, I mean, he was definitely pushing the comedic lines as well, which, which should <laughs> be mentioned. He was pushing the comedic lines... And I feel he was upright for most of the movie. Yeah, yeah, in the most awkward stance possible, which I've made. (laughs) God bless him, he held that stance throughout his hero. Public, meanwhile, felt like uh, preparing the supplicant for sacrifice. That's good or bad. Uh, Danny Orr from Google said, What could have been a decent movie shot itself in the head by injecting the unneeded and physically painful character Herman, played by Rob Schneider. Was that his name? Um, I couldn't watch this. I wouldn't watch this if you're religious, because his part in this movie is a sin. That's very clever, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> the cardinal sin of being Rob Schneider, uh, for which he shall receive no forgiveness. No. Uh, we do have some three men. Diane Lane was in Serenity and uh, Batman vs. Superman, uh, famously. James Earl Jones, who in this is the opening narration man, was also shamefully in Soul Man, uh, and of course, Revenge of the Sith, where he, he yelled, no. Oh, yes. And James James Remar, who in this just plays a thug at the beginning, um, was, of course, in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, where he picked up uh, Raiden duties from Christopher mm-hmm. Lambert, uh, and he was in The Phantom, where he was the guy who killed one of the Phantoms. Oh, okay. I, I know him from The Warriors. Mm. He's, he's the, the scumbag, uh- one of the scumbags in The Warriors. I didn't know that. I know him as Dexter's dad. I also had Dexter's dad, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's in the Warriors. God, he must have been young. That's int- I'm going to have to go back and have a look at that. Um, and then, of course, Rob Schneider is now a one, two, three, four, five man after Surf Ninjas, The Ridiculous Six, Little Man, and The Wrong Missy. Oh, free to a man. Free in a bush. Free. Free. Yo. Feels a shit, mate. It's not. That's the worst bunch. Yeah. It's just <laughs> not a good. Me. Like, I was. Uh, I watched this film with some friends the other day, and we were talking about Rob. You Ooh. know, Robbie. Um, oh, Robbie. And there's Hero just Rob. not many films he's in that make them better. No, he's never saved a movie. He's arguably ruined a couple. Yeah. Like, I think, I think Juice <laughs> Bigelow is, is, a, is a shining star of his career. And, you know. <laughs> That is a mediocre film at best. Oh, God. Absolutely. We're going to have to get around to that sort of thing at some stage. But it is not this day, because today we have Judge Dredd. And Judge Dredd has 22% on Rotten Tomatoes and underperformed at the box office. Gene Siskel named it as the worst film of 1995, a year that did include Cutthroat Island, Assassins, Tom and Huck, and The Island of Dr. Moreau. So it's a harsh, harsh verdict from Gene Siskel. (sighs) So, Stuart, you cursed earth pirate. Why did this film feel like it? Uh, why did you feel this film needed to be judged, juried, and executed? Well, mean? Uh, like I said this? before, this was something that I watched <laughs> a lot when I was younger, and uh, mm. I was having a bit of a look at bad '90s films. I, I, I have a group of <laughs> friends that we regularly get together to watch a bad film, um, mm-hmm. and this one was on the list. And I'm like, this isn't a bad film. This is an excellent film, um, <laughs> but it sits in that range that. Um, the IMDb five to seven mark, where yep. um, like it's bad, but it's it's not so bad <laughs> that it's hilarious or or, or intriguing, but it's also yeah. not good enough to be actually enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a lot of nostalgia as well there. Like yeah, I, oh god, yeah, yeah, and and like like I grew up on the comics. My brothers had the comics and stuff, so mm. so dread was always a thing in my house. Um, and I just Excellent. felt like it was time to relive the adventure, um, <laughs> and start a block war. Absolutely, it's time for block war. I I didn't grow up on the comics, but I, in my 
I want to say early 20s, I started buying those big bound collection mm-hmm. things um, that collected together all the progs. Um, and I got, I think, five in. And then they're, very, they're quite demanding to read those very large things full of comic books. Mm. And although they are very small, uh, accessible sort of chapters, they are quite hefty. So I think I kind of fell out of the habit. But yeah, I've read a fair few um, of them. So yeah, it'll be interesting to compare sort of um, very different origins and sort of motives behind the movie and the comics. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, let's do a little rundown of what happens in this here movie. And yeah, what's our, what's our setting? Where are we? Uh, we're in Mega City 1. We're in Mega City 1. This sort of giant city in the middle of a horrible wasteland that was the United States. Mm-hmm. Caused by nuclear fallout. And within the city, Rob Schneider is finally facing justice um, for the terrible crimes he has committed when he is accidentally released to the unsuspecting public. It's a terrible miscarriage of justice. <laughs> he is unleashed. And he travels through the city of Reboot in order to find his home in Blade Runner, uh, where Dexter's dad is squatting in his new place with all of his goons. Yeah. That's Dexter's dad's goons, not Schneider's. He hasn't got any goons. Too few goons. Um, meanwhile, out on the street, Bo is Afraid is happening. So all hell is breaking loose, uh, just like at any screening of Bo is Afraid. Um, and at this stage, yeah, it's, it's, it's the block wars, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The, the, uh, um, so in, in the comic books, what that is, is that uh, the, the, mm. there's a militia that are employed to keep the peace. Then they're sort of oh. a, a rank below the, quite a few ranks below the judges. But essentially, they're mm. just armed thugs that fight with each other. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's time for the judges to get called in here. And, you know, a couple of judges show up. We've got Hershey, Diane Lane, mm-hmm. and Dead Meat, <laughs> Judge Dead Meat. Yeah, that's right. Red Shirt Judge. Uh, red Shirt Judge, who really oughtn't be called out, but he's here. And uh, Sly gets a big dramatic introduction, even though he looks at this stage like everybody else, which is vaguely comedic for me. He's got slightly different <laughs> boots, though, you will notice. Um, that's true. And he's got a slightly bulkier eagle. Yeah. He, he has. Quite, uh, he's got about three inches on the bottom of those boots, I think. <laughs> yes, I think so, because later on it does look like he's standing on a little box whilst he talks to people. <laughs> <laughs> he's going Vin Diesel on this. <laughs> I am the law! Drop your weapon! These plugs are under arrest! Uh, but yes, he announces that he is the law, and then he grenades down the door to the apartment building. Nice shot, sir. Kiss ass. It was, t- it was three feet in front of him. He couldn't miss. He couldn't miss. This is this is what's going to get you killed. So you're too eager to impress. So yeah, um, that guy dies, and then Judge Dredd kills Dexter's dad and puts Rob Schneider back in jail. So truly, he is a hero. Yeah, he is the hero. That was the right thing to do, Judge Dredd. You know the save the cat moment? You've got the put Rob Schneider in jail moment to really win over. <laughs> the people. <laughs> the crowd. <laughs> oh, God. So he returns to the Hall of Justice. And 16 minutes in, he takes his helmet off. And all, all the comic book fans leave, leave immediately. <laughs> uh, he faces some scrutiny, though. Uh, was it necessary to murder all of those people? Yes. Fair enough. Off you go. Unavoidable, sir. <laughs> Unavoidable, sir. Some of them had guns. Others looked at me mean. Fair enough. So we cut to Air One Prison, where a gruff man is visiting a Hannibal Lecter type with uh, voice-deactivated sentry guns. What could go wrong? And we get a dramatic reveal of <gasps> some guy. What is that? That's an ancient puzzle. That contains the meaning of life. <laughs> so tell me, Rico. What is the meaning of life? It ends. Yeah. Unknown actor. <laughs> He's pretty dangerous, though. We need all of these precautions. Oh, there's a package for you. All right, shields down. Let's uh, let's get this for you. So yeah, he escapes. Yeah, he gets out. Um, with yeah, a sh- he with a throat hand. shot, which I thought was, was brutal. Yep, which stuck PG with me when I was a kid. Film. Oh, there's so much in this movie that's brutal for a PG-13 film. But the throat shot, yeah, is up there. 
And obviously he can't talk, so he gets got by his own sentry guns, meaning that he gets away. Uh, meanwhile, Dredd bu uh, bums out some cadets by pointing out how awful their deal is. At the end of the day, when you're all alone in the dark, the only thing that counts is this. The law. And you will be alone when you swear to uphold these ideals. For most of us, there's only dust in the streets. For the few of us that survived to old age, the proud loneliness of the long walk. A walk that every judge must take outside these city walls, into the unknown of the cursed earth, and there spend your last remaining days taking long to the lawless. This is what it means to be a judge. This is the commitment I expect. Class dismissed. You're not gonna have any friends. You're not gonna have any future. You're just gonna be alone and then die someday. And luckily, Diane Lane is here to point out that's nah, just you, mate. Yeah, that's right. When you're all alone in the dark, <laughs> you will have the, all you will have is the law. Okay, dude. <laughs> Far out. <laughs> um, I have a book club. You need to get out more. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Well, meanwhile, the bad guy goes and visits Ian Drury and obliges him by hitting him with his rhythm stick, by which I mean shooting him with a judge's gun. Hello, this is Antiques. That's funny. I thought they destroyed all these ABC warriors during the last war. Well, you can still collect them as long as they're non-functioning. Not my wife. <sighs> but now, and he also sets to work um, to fixing the unstoppable warrior robot that uh, Ian Drury had lying around. Turned out there were a couple of cables loose in his head. Yeah, he just needed a hot wire, yeah. Yeah. Hey, just got to push this down, mate. These are like that. They're a bit rubbish. They were made in England. Yeah, you just, <laughs> just reset it, dude. <laughs> Off and on again, Jesus. Uh, now he has a nice conspicuous friend who somehow is going to get into important scenes later on without being caught. That, yeah, we'll, we'll come to that. But he definitely appears in places <laughs> where someone had to watch him walk there. Maybe this is the crazy future and there's a lot more similar looking things like that that we don't see for budgetary reasons. Sure. Ah, but the bad guy dresses up as Dread and murders a prominent reporter. It's the perfect crime. Who's going to report it? Nobody. Nobody. going to get away with this. Not the truth um, anyway. So, not the truth. Just left the sort of hack reporters no one trusts. Dread gets arrested for murder. It's outrageous. Uh, it's looking a bit insurmountable, though, because there is video of him doing it. Uh, fortunately, Hershey, who's put in charge of the defense, gets an expert witness, a punk kid from the academy, who uses all of his experience and knowledge to explain that the video sucks and you can't even see his face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. It's like it's grainy, man. You don't even know. You couldn't even tell. Like, it's not a very good shot. <laughs> yeah. Mm, all right. Well, nevertheless... I guess we did promise we wouldn't tell anyone ever this, and it's a massive um, security risk for everyone involved. But screw it, let's just tell everyone. So every time a judge fires a gun, um, the gun puts a ring on it, uh, the bullet that is, a little ring of DNA, which looks like it gets put onto the casing. Yeah. Nevertheless, it demonstrably and irrefutably proves that Dredd did it. 100%. So, and there's absolutely no yeah. one else that exists in the world that could be Dredd as well. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're screwed. Uh, he tries shouting that he is the law, but it doesn't seem to help. Charge! The evidence has been falsified. It's impossible. I never broke the law. I am the law. That didn't work that time. It worked at the start of the film. He seems to have lost his oh, law yeah. power. Um, <laughs> yelling it didn't work. <laughs> he's, he's lost all credibility at this stage. Even Max von Sydow, who is the chief justice, who knows that Dredd has an identical twin with the exact same DNA, is convinced that he's done it. So, to be fair... It is kind of consistent with his behavior so far. Yeah. It's not like... So it's big trouble, though, because if we don't sort this mess out, we're not going to be able to have heavily armed police shoot poor people in the streets anymore. So Sidow makes right by taking the long walk into the wastelands around the city. And uh, as a result, the sentence gets commuted from uh, death to life imprisonment. So that was definitely worth doing. He has his garb of justice removed. And is sent to jail while Sidow is given a book of law and a shotgun, yes. which is all it, perfect starter kit for a lawful society. Yeah, he gets a sweet duster as well, so he can just go out into the Oh, waves. that's true. <laughs> yeah, we've given you your badass outfit, your badass uh, wasteland raider outfit. Yeah. So good luck to you, sir. Um, yeah, Hershey 
as the um, losing lawyer is uh, charged with the terrible responsibility of clearing out all the crap from her client's locker. And notices an old picture of him. Ah, but then there's a more suspicious picture of him with some guy. Mm. Mm, Mm, Who could be this some guy? Definitely not another character that was introduced and not explained earlier. Who's this guy? It looks like he might have the exact same DNA as Dread. But it <laughs> looks interestingly dingy. similar, but not at all the same. <laughs> Hired because he looked like Stallone, apparently. <laughs> to, I don't know to whom. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody looks like Stallone. Oh, God. Well, Chief Justice uh, some guy is... Oh, that's right. We've got a new Chief Justice now, and it's Chief Justice some guy who was approached by Bad Dude and the robot, and oh no, they're in it together! There's a conspiracy. There's an it's anti-sly conspiracy. conspiracy. It's an absolute conspiracy. It's actually, it's, it's fitting that he's doing conspiracy because it's Ludo, uh, Lito Atreides from the original Dune film. From David Lynch's Dune film. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, there you go. How does it feel now <laughs> is what they could say in Dune to Leto Atreides. <laughs> Dredd discovers that Schneider is with him. This is a cruel and unusual punishment. Um, this is a truly dystopian society. That's kind of weird. What are the odds? Two wrongly convicted guys sitting right next to each other. You received a sentence the law required. Five years just for saving my own ass? That was a mistake. The law doesn't make mistakes. Really? Then how do you explain what happened to you? Yeah. The two of them are going to get sent to jail together, but two things happen. Firstly, Conair, because one of the prisoners breaks loose and attacks um, Stallone. But more significantly, a hillbilly family uh, attack the ship, uh, Blade Runner 2049 style, and bring it down to the Earth. So fortunately, the first of those two things doesn't do anything, but the second, that's, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, it's a real issue. It's a real issue, because now Dredd and Snyder are captured by rednecks. One of whom is Ewan Bremner in his breakout role. I think this is the same year as Train Spotting. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, wow. I think so. It's ninety-five. Yeah, wow. What a what a year. What a year. What a year for Ewan Bremner. <laughs> there were big opportunities opening for me in Hollywood. <laughs> Good and Paul. Yeah, boy. <laughs> It's looking pretty bleak for Dread, so he escapes and kills them all. Uh, but then the bad guys find him, so he kills them all. Uh, except for one that Sidow kills, then the robot kills him, so he kills him. Kills the robot, yeah. so it's quite succinct. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's lots of killing and, and back and forth. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a very good yeah. uh, summation of what happened. <laughs> Dredd decides that he is, in fact, the law, so he's going to go back. He's got uh, Chief Justice's um, truth shotgun, so now he's going to go back and sort of restore order to Mega City 1. Um, because it's rough back there. Judges are getting killed in a desperate attempt to convince them to make a clone army, <laughs> Attack of the Clone style. Yeah. Um, uh, there's literally a, a, cor- there's a correlating line from, from both films, which <laughs> I think is great. <laughs> it's a wonderful place for... Mr. Lucas to have drawn inspiration from. Oh, uh, Dredd also found out that Sidow was his dad, kind of, uh, and his best friend was his brother. So there's that to go forward with. Mm. Yes. Oh, bad guy also recruits uh, Joan Chen off of Twin Peaks. It's very exciting. Yep. And then, yeah, starts blowing up judges in order to approve a evil clone army. After trying to get them all to agree, and they do agree, evil dude just comes in and kills them all. You couldn't have yeah. killed them all and made the clones anyway. <laughs> Yeah, why did why didn't yeah. you just do that? Why did you bother? <laughs> yeah, look, we need to get to ninety minutes, guys. <laughs> I've cut out so much good stuff. We need to get to ninety minutes. <laughs> well, plot is what they, is what the test audiences want. So, Dread and Rob uh, get back into the city for this weird fire shoot that they have. They really shouldn't have had that. It's a bad bit of uh, design for the city. Poorly designed. Um, and Dread has so many opportunities to fucking leave Schneider behind. But yeah, I don't know why he didn't just let him burn. I feel like comic book <laughs> book dread would have just let that guy burn. Oh Christ! Yeah, definitely. He would have thrown him into the fire. Mm. <laughs> Great time I'm having. The shuttle crash, the cursed Earth, cannibals, and now a fireball up my ass. 
This is all your fault. My fault? Yes. You care to explain that, citizen? If you hadn't arrested me, I wouldn't be here in the first place. Hey, Dredd, why don't you just kill me now? God, even Carl Urban's <laughs> Dredd would have fought twice about the piece of shit. <laughs> anyway, they sneak into the big bird building. Uh, but Schneider has now developed a nervous tick that forces him to repeat Dred n Dredd's name constantly. <laughs> so they get caught very quickly. Uh, breaking out of the Justice Place, they have a PS1 FMV bike chase, which I enjoy. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was fantastic. That's, that's, we'll talk about that as well, I think, in more detail. <laughs> Absolutely. It involves billboards that are apparently made of lasers, which is very also a very unfortunate design. Merciless design in Mega City 1. Very little health and safety. Yeah, none. Eventually, uh, what well, Rico betrays Joan Chen and uh, Sir What's-His-Name, the other Chief Justice, but Chen's kind of into it, so she's going to stick around. Yeah, she quickly gets kind of horny for the bad guy, which is... Was... Yeah, well... The way she had that guy's arms and legs torn off gets gets you in the mood. Yeah, a sh real show of power and initiative, which um I think is a goes a long way. Uh, but yeah, eventually Diane Lane, uh, Rob and Dread figure out that he's in the Statue of Liberty, the old Statue of Liberty, which is still there. Um, and that he's yeah making a clone army there. So they go confront him. They shout law at each other a bit. Uh, Rob Schneider gets shot, which is great. Then Hershey gets shot. Yeah. I guess it's a shame. Not as great. Not as great. Uh, the robot hilariously punches the um, both of the bad guys and is then anticlimactically killed because Rob Schneider hacks him, so he comes in and just biffs them. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And it's time for the final conflict. Yeah. And that's why Joan Chen has been kept around, so that Hershey has someone to fight. You've got to keep a girl about. Yeah, that was we, that's another fight. thing that came up. Very 90s thing. You've got to have a girl fight. Um, yep. Have to have a girl fight. <laughs> and they have to call each other Got to have bitches. a girl fight. <laughs> Otherwise, what are they going to do? Um, are you a scientist? What's your what's your thing here? Uh, she says the lamest line in the movie. Bitch! Judge bitch. That's judge bitch. Oh my god! So even the sequels are getting ideas from this movie because that's essentially rebel scum. <laughs> <laughs> this this is a heavily influential movie. Um, yeah, and with uh, Schneider around. Oh yeah, that's the lamest line in the movie, which with Schneider around is really saying something. Anyway, time for the final fight between good and evil. It's a fairly poor fist fight that ends with, very quickly actually, with Sly getting uh, pushed over the precipice. And um, he manages to hang on just long enough to set off a flare, which distracts him for a bit for some reason, allowing him to kick him off the edge. Yeah. And yeah, somehow Dredd's name has been cleared. And yeah, do you want to tell you what? You're off the hook now. Want to be Chief Justice? Nah. Yeah, I'll just uh, go back to the streets. Yeah, fair enough. How about you? What? I'm just a guy. Yeah. Want to be Chief Justice? All right. Great. Okay. New society. New era of uh, dictatorship because that guy sucked. Okay. <laughs> it was dreadful. Well, we have no government, but goodbye. So he heads off. Uh, and her, she asks. Dread? That's it? <laughs> yeah, incredibly it is. <laughs> <laughs> End of movie, guys. There it is. Oh, dear. So yeah, how did uh, so you watched this with friends? Yeah, yeah. So we're, uh, there's a group of um, there's four of us that we regularly get together cool. together to watch films, and I know that I've watched this mm. film with three of them when we were kids. Um, so I thought mm. we'd, we'd have a a, a rewatch. Um, wow, <laughs> didn't hold up to my nostalgia. Um, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? The first ten minutes did. The first ten That's minutes. That's exactly I was what like, I was going to say. Like. The sets were excellent. Costumes were excellent. Yep. Yeah. Um, a lot of practical stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was really cool stuff. And I was like, this is excellent. Mm. And then Rob Schneider talks and <laughs> then Stallone talks. And, um, oh, God, Stallone. Basically, whenever this film is engaging in dialogue, this film is awful. Um, it's not the film's strong suit. No. Um but it was, I mean, I guess, I mean, for a kid, it was, I loved it as a kid because it was, it was, you know, there's lots of silly action and terrible jokes. And I had such a low bar when I was a kid, it seems. Yeah. It's, um, it is interesting because I had a very similar experience. My flatmate was very happy to hear that I was doing this. 
Unfortunately, um, I ended up watching it too late in the evening for him to join me, but he was like, it's a great movie, and he went off to bed. And I'm kind of glad he didn't stay up too, because I think he would have probably been disillusioned as well. And it was very heartbreaking the next morning when he came down and was like, what, so, did you watch Dread again? How was it? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, I like the first act, I want to say. Everything before the court scenes, which are a bit... No, even the court scenes included, because there's some fun business in there. The first act, you're right, it's all the setting. Judge Dredd is actually acting like Judge Dredd. Yeah. You know, he's doing things like blowing up a guy's car because he's got a, too many speeding tickets. Yep. He's doing the draconian future thing. Cursed Earth, I think you should probably hold back for your sequel. Because it was a long stretch of the books. I think it was in the second volume of my prog thing, so it was quite early on. But if you're going to go out to Cursed Earth, you've got to give it time to really let that landscape flesh itself out. Yeah. Because there's a lot of weird shit in the books. There's lots of resurrected, evil, undead judges and robots and, you know, stuff like that. And you've got to... I think you also need more of a sense of humour. Um, well, I, I because think, they are satires. Yeah, well, I think that's where tonally the comedy is wrong. Like, I think someone yeah, said to... It's the wrong kind of comedy. You need yeah, like someone says Stallone, comedy. Judge Dredd's a comedy. And he was like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> And he was like, judge this! And, like, you know, doing all of his <laughs> shitty one-liners. Um, whereas yeah. the comedy is actually really dark and awful in the comics. It really is. Like, I, I went back and read bits of the very first prog, which weirdly is prog 2. I don't know what happened to prog 1, but prog 2 is the first one in the collected volume. Um, and it involves a judge getting killed, and then the guy who killed him puts on his judge's uniform and calls himself Judge Whitey. Um, and his punishment in the end, his, his droogs are all killed. He is left on a traffic island. That's his sentencing. It's a prison that is a traffic island because the traffic goes around it so fast, this futuristic air traffic, that not only will you have no chance of escaping because they go past like 200 miles an hour, but also you will receive no peace and the traffic will just drive you insane. That's the kind of dark <laughs> comedy satire we're dealing with here. Yeah. Oh, And there was, there was a run that involved a referendum um it was also yeah very political this thing because it was you know they had one which was a referendum as to whether or not we should just have judge justice or whether we should have a government and it was obvious that the government option was going to win but then on the day of the vote only 10 percent of the population turned out and so the judges won handily <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's fun that's like politics and it's like interesting yeah yeah and it's just and yeah this movie wanted to be just a fun summer action movie yeah and it just didn't and and then because of the rating, like it just didn't get there, and yes, oh god, yeah, because it's still quite bloody, yeah, well, <laughs> as the... well in places. So when they do go out to the 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 wasteland and they they come across the mm. angel family, um, yes, like M mean mean machine is that his name? Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's terrifying, man. Like that is a terrifying oh, creature that they made. Um, a hell of an effect with um, practical effects, like yeah, wow, and it just that's doesn't. That's It's not a puppet. Yeah, it just doesn't sit. It doesn't fit no. right. It doesn't. Um, no, <laughs> uh, like they're cannibals. <laughs> like they're cannibals. They're going to eat yeah. him. And there's a person roasting on the spit. There's already there is already another person, person roasting. roasting on the spit. Yeah. Meanwhile, the movie wants to be Turner and Hooch. It's yeah. They really didn't. Um, they really didn't get that right. I don't know how. You could get that tonal stuff so wrong. It's it's interesting because I think I want to put this on Stallone a little bit because it, it is recorded that he did argue for its tone to be lighter, and it's not the first time that an interesting script has been kind of awkwardly turned into a Sylvester Stallone movie. And I'm thinking of Demolition Man here. Oh yeah, a story with a very high concept, lots of premise, and then eventually it does just turn into a Stallone movie with him saying, you know, heads up, and things like that as he kicks people's heads off. So, I mean, there's a certain amount of nostalgic charm to it, but on the other hand, you do just think, oh, it would be interesting if you had just played this straight. Yeah, what if we didn't have Stallone here? This might have been much better if we just didn't have <laughs> Stallone here. Well, indeed, and Rob Schneider, who, good Lord. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, that was, um, we talked a lot about <laughs> making a Schneider cut, uh, which was very funny at the time. <laughs> Um, because is that a Schneider cut that would pre uh, pre uh, preference Schneider or <laughs> no, completely, just completely Schneider? cut him out? Because um, <laughs> he doesn't really add to the story. Uh, mm. There's only one element in which he 
changes the course of the story and that's when he um hijacks the um the the abc warrior and i just feel oh, like yeah, yeah. A, a three minute fight sequence with dread fighting the robot would have been cool yes that would have been fun to see that like an ed 209 star thing i'm referencing robocop a lot that might come up later but um yes dread versus robot might have been fun to watch yeah yeah no it's it's awkward it feels like a very 90s thing back when they were just like okay we've got our leads they're kind of dull they're just big action movie guys let's have another character be the comedic relief i don't know if comedic yes comedic relief characters do still exist but this feels very this is like the the template for 90s yeah unfunny comedic relief where you just get like a comedic actor to come in and maybe riff yeah did they give him lines like or was he just like here's your vibe man like go for it rob yeah it feels a bit like that i think maybe that's what they did (laughs) that's a shame yeah and that's like that's just why everything he says is is stupid and goofy and yeah um, and i i hated it as a kid when I remember when I was a kid being really viscerally annoyed by Rob Schneider. Yeah, there's right, nothing. So I don't know who it's meant nothing, to work for. The the only bit, and actually the only bit I like mm. with him in it is the the recycled food bo- dro- droid, and it's not because <laughs> he's in it. Like it's just you know there's that. Yeah. Eat recycled food. It's good for the environment and okay for you. Um, that is the line that my flatmate was first able to quote back to me when I said I was watching Judge Dredd. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's stuck in the memory. That's it's very great. good. Eat recycled food. Recycled food. It's good for the environment and okay for you. Oh, God. Well, that's a good segue into quick firing. But yes, I think generally speaking for me, it was a shame because like when you said you offered this, it was this or something else. And I thought, oh, Judge Dredd, please. Like I immediately gravitated towards that because you're right, it did have such a a childhood thing. And as soon as the judges appear with those great big gold yeah. shiny things, which are going to be in quickfire, because I think it was jo- it was um who who did the fashion? Gianni Versace yeah. did the costume designs in this, and that shows like that duster that Max von Sydow wears out to the desert. Yeah, it's fabulous. All of the clothes look great, and it's oh. Yeah, everything. All, all, of the, so many... all of the costumes are excellent, and so all of the, the set design. design and sets are, yep. are fantastic. Oh. And maybe yeah. that's why it sits so well with my memory, because yeah. as a kid, I wasn't really be too it. concerned about dialogue and you know. character plot. Yeah, I think this this does feel like a movie that was written by too many people. You know, we had all these redrafts and stuff, and it just feels like they tried to do too much. They condensed too much, and consequently, the plot feels very rushed and nothing really has time to sit mm. Mm. And i think that's an issue but yeah let's let's get into quick firing sure. stuff that we did like quick fire i mean i loved actually loved all the dread comics at the start it's sort of me too i got me sort of thinking about covers. where where it had come from i quickly mm. lost all that but uh yeah <laughs> Yeah, it does, because I think some of them have, like, Judge Doom on the cover, and it's just, yeah, there's some very evocative memories there, just reminding you of some of the big storylines from the Dread comics, and that's fun. Mm. Um, Speaking of the opening, I do like James Earl Jones' opening narration. Yeah, I had Um, that too. I've kind of gone... I've gone two ways. It used to be that I resoundingly didn't like opening narration or text crawls, but I think so long as it's being used to set the tone, it's good, and that sets the tone, is James Earl Jones' voice reading out some of these concepts like mega city one you know and the way the cursed earth yeah that's a great thing so yeah it, it worked for me got me where i needed to be yeah was able to do a lot with very few words yeah um absolutely. i think they nailed mega city one like as the as the ship comes <laughs> oh yeah over the wall and is flying through mega city one mm. um that just reminded me of the silhouettes and stuff you saw in the comic books and just yeah. the 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 scope of the city how tall and how 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 condensed it is yeah absolutely and it actually did have good pacing that first shot of the ship coming over you know entering the city which has Rob Schneider in it it's taking its time it's letting it sit you know it feels I was really optimistic in the first 15 minutes or so of this movie it's like wow this is gonna be better than I remembered and then no yeah, um, yeah, spot on. I, I felt the same. Another big thing in the opening moments, and I'm, I'm mixed feelings because I do think on its own, Alan Silvestri's score is very good. 
It has some great mm. moments in there, and I like the theme. It maybe tonally isn't what you should be having for Judge Dredd, but you can. It's total Sylvester. You can totally hear the Avengers and Back to the Future in there. It's a memorable theme. I'm not sure if it's quite right, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. I think I think there were elements of it that were spot on, and then mm. it seemed to go off on a on a more heroic sort of path where, yeah. where it should have remained a bit darker. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, I there's a guy. There's a shot of a guy when they're rioting, mm-hmm. uh, sort of jumping forward a little bit, and he is just like loving it. <laughs> like he's just <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> Yay! Something so he's just got to enjoy a riot. You got to have the guy who's good for the team spirit when it comes to block wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some of the squib work was very impressive. Like some of the people who get shot, it's real sort of blam kind of, you know, Paul Verhoeven esque yeah. squib work. And I have to respect that. It's again bespeaks the tonal whiplash of the movie. Um, yep. But yeah, there's there's some interesting sort of violence moments in the film yeah that that, that opening <laughs> sequence when they're when they're attacking dexter's dad yeah um, all of that stuff was was pretty good it was a bit mm. um it was a bit flat but then yeah. their reactions and stuff and yeah that sort of sequence was cool <laughs> i think it's kind of amazing looking back on it you asked me a thing about judge dread and about his getup. i'll say oh he has a gun that he can customize and set to different modes it's used in one scene at the beginning where he's doing his double whammy and his penetrator yeah. kind of mode. And then, and then we don't see it used again until the flare at the very end. It's really strange. It doesn't get used in more of the action scenes. The law gives yeah, it too. And there's so many other cool little bits that it does. Like, yeah. like it, yeah, it's really strange that they, I guess it's just because they instantly wanted to get out of the mega city, you know, like for, for some, some reason. reason. They won. Yeah. They immediately wanted yeah. to put him on the back foot and have him, yeah, very curious. But yeah, the, still, the sequence where he's using the different gun modes, it's fun. I've jumped forward a little bit here to mm. when we meet Rico, the villainous oh, yeah. brother. And I know that he is so ridiculously yeah. over the top, but I kind of like it. Oh, God, yeah. Like, Armand Asante is the actor's name. And yeah, it's yeah. big. <laughs> yeah, he, he seems like the only one that's... In on the joke, yeah. how ridiculous this is, you know. Exactly. Like, you want fear? I'm fear. You want chaos? I'm the chaos. You want a new beginning? Yeah. I am a new beginning. Well, the next batch of genius judges are not going to be the puppets that you want. They're going to be my brothers and sisters and mine to control. Yeah, it's really good. God, so many of my quick fires are for the first fifteen minutes. It's ridiculous. Dude, I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, when Sly finds him inside of the machine, the recycled food machine, he pulls him out by the mouth. <laughs> it's quite distressing. He like reaches in and just grabs like his lip. Like, ah, ah. It's really strange, but that that got one out of me because uh, that's so tiny. I'll also have the next one. The design of the ABC Warrior. My God. So from what yeah. I can find out, because I don't remember experiencing the ABC Warriors in my dread reading, but they apparently were their own comic in 2000 AD. Yeah, um, so there was like a hmm. there was like a war that was right. a I've forgotten what it's called, but it was a there was some war that was in the hmm. past, and that's where all the ABC warriors come from. I love that. I love the idea that this this was a thing that was built for a really really rough war, and it's terrifying hmm. that one of them still works. Like it's horrifying, and the character yeah. like the main character says something like, oh, "I thought they decommissioned all of those," and it's like, "Well, you can collect them so long as they don't work," you know, and it's like, "Oh God." And he, yeah. then he, he sits up, and I just remember as a kid being really freaked out by him. Status. Bodyguard. Commander. Recall. Mission. Mission. <laughs> We're going to war. I've got I've written here that the squeaking it makes like this grinding sound when yeah. it moves it's like whoa yeah then... he feels big <laughs> yeah, <it's cool. laughs> 
and Sylvester scored as like this really minimalist sort of dun 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 dun. Mm. Good stuff. I jump forward a huge yeah to to like the Angel Family hillbilly scene. Yep. Uh, if you've got anything before then. Nope, I'm happy to meet you there. <laughs> so I that is a uh, a nostalgia thing for me. That was mm. like Mean Machine and all that. Yeah. I loved as a kid. Yeah. So that I, I I genuinely enjoyed rewatching that scene, mm. even though it was a bit shit. <laughs> and, but to be honest, the, some of the worst bits of it were Stallone and and Schneider. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's actually kind of blessed how long into the movie it is before they end up together. Because I remembered it happening mm. much quicker. But no, it's it's quite a ways in. But once they're mm. together, oh man. <laughs> But no, I like that sequence too, and in particular, the design of Mean Machine. We've mentioned it before, but yeah, wow, that's such a mem. I don't know if that is directly taken. You know, if the Angel Family are in the books, yeah, but they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, it, well, yeah. so stunningly realized. It looks fabulous. <laughs> yeah, and and they, they they did a really good job of recreating Mean Machine. Like that's kind of mm. what he looks like in the in the comics. Great. Um, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I go further now. Um, there's a bit during the chase scene uh, where a, a judge gets knocked off and is falling to the earth and he's like doing this yeah. slow motion fall down and it's like a really weird, elegant, kind of graceful motion from the guy as he's falling and the city looks great in the background and it's a really kind of haunting moment that I quite liked. Yeah. So they're, they're all the scene, the shot, the set, like a lot of the large set and sh- shots mm. of the city are really spectacular, like... I've mentioned a few times um, in my little list here, but <laughs> just before they go back in, there's a, like a landscape of the city wall, and they're sort of standing on this, yeah. this rocky outcrop, looking at yep. it, and, I'm like, and it just looks excellent. Yeah. Um. Uh, one other thing that I, I loved just before that one was um, the CGI Photoshop scene where they're like oh, yeah. deconstructing the Photoshop photo. Yeah. Uh, in 1995, I was like, whoa, that's, <laughs> wow, they can yeah. do that. Actually, they can't do that. Um, but I did like that. Yeah, it's good stuff. You know, and with AI-assisted um, image creation, it's become all the more pertinent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, then, I then also jumped to the, that, that Lawmaster chase scene, mm. uh, which I think started really strong. I actually yeah. really... But they just didn't have the tech to sort of see that one through, did they? No, <laughs> no, that was an issue. Um, oh, I'm I'm kind of ashamed to come to my last one, which is the last thing that, whilst watching the movie, I felt the need to write down, which is, wow, John Chen looks great in that bodysuit and leather jacket combo. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, she looks cool. She... It, it, she looks cool and gorgeous and powerful as she's fighting Diane Lane, who also looks pretty cool in her judge outfit. So that was the yeah. last note. I felt the need to make. <laughs> um, I have only have a couple more. Sure. I have send in the clones, which is just a hilarious <laughs> yep. line. Um, and I could imagine George Lucas going, damn. <laughs> Can't um, believe it. There's a scene where Rico and Dredd are talking, looking at the clones and Rico's talking about how we're going to make these things. We're going to make them humans. Mm. And then he leans into his ear and he's like, human. <laughs> Which I, I, I don't know why that resonated well with me. Excellent. Um, and the last one is the last, very last shot of the film with Dread looking over the city. Um, oh yeah. Which is literally a, like a that's on the cover of a heap of them. And it's a yeah. it's a very Dread thing. It's like a Batman shot from the Tim Burton ones. It's a very good moment. The sort of he just yeah cycles into across the thing, and it, it it's the most comic book looking image in the movie, and it is fabulous. Yeah, excellent. Well, I think that's it from us. Now, let me just check in on the OG team. Because last I looked, we got some likes and we got a crying laughing emoji from someone. But we did not necessarily get any comments. That's Twitter. No. Okay, then. Well, OG team. Uh, that's fair enough. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we say, um, oh, you've got to go back and you've got to watch it. But this one, maybe let it just live in the brain as, uh, as yeah. memories. But I will say I'm grateful for you bringing this because it was really, really nostalgic to reconnect to some of the moments that I really enjoyed from this. And although the whole thing doesn't stand together, 
and I do feel more vindicated than than usual with enjoying uh, the 2011 Dread movie, which we haven't discussed yet. Have you uh, have you seen that? I have, and I really really like it. Yeah. I um, it's 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 um, leaps and bounds a better film. Yeah. Uh, to watch, there are some things though, like like Mega City One in that is yes. clearly just like Johannesburg. Yes. Um, so that's the thing. I think it's a better film, but in terms of yeah. being a Judge Dredd movie, it's very subdued. You know, yeah. like if you look at Carl Urban's uniform, yes, it's more faithful to the comics in that he keeps the helmet on and Carl Urban's doing a much more Dredd-like uh, lower face grimace. acting slash gri- yeah, grimace <laughs> and and dialogue delivery, which is wonderful. It's very funny. But it's, it's you know, the, considering how weird and outlandish the comics are, you'll get more of that in the 95 version. You know, mm. mutants and things like that. Well, you, you do have Anderson the psychic, which is lovely. But yeah, considering how weird the comics get, it would have been fun to see how a sequel would have gone. But it, it, it yeah, is a, it's and, a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm disappointed there hasn't been another one of those. And I didn't oh, realize God. that was so old, actually. Yeah. Um, God, 11 because years. Because that, that was one of those films that I went to the cinema to see and was yeah. genuinely surprised by. Like, oh, yeah. There was something else about that time. Oh, Mad Max Fury Road was another one that I was oh, like, gosh, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll see it. <laughs> yeah, that was huge. Um, yeah. Oof, wonderful. All right, well, with that all in mind, let's talk about the one better thing. The one better thing. Yeah, I got a few. Ooh, um, good I, stuff. The, I, the first one I had was was Dread, mm. um, because it is, as we've just said, it's a better film. Yeah. Um, but next on the rank was Robocop, the original, 1987. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, Paul Verhoeven's oh, yeah. Robocop. Yeah, absolutely. We might Tell have us about a very that. Very similar list. Um, <laughs> there was uh, the Prince Charles Cinema in London used to do movie maths, and I think one of them was Robocop plus the Raid equals Dread twenty twelve. So that was solid movie maths. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so those um, three, I guess, would conform. Although I don't think the Raid pertains to this very well. <laughs> no, not really. Nah. Um, I've got the Fifth Element down as well for yeah, a good shout. A bit of an interesting city sci-fi thing yep um and the running man before Ooh, a dystopian future where everything's awful yep um <laughs> and the last one which i found is on a website called fan edits and someone mm-hmm. has made uh <laughs> that i think if you search for whatever the what's the director's name again uh, oh canon Danny. yeah danny cannon it's called danny cannon's judge dread really? and the fan has made an edit to what based on what Danny Cannon actually wanted. So they wow. have removed as much Rob Snyder as they can. They have removed <laughs> all of um Dred's little quips. Oh um, wow. Yeah. I'd be and very then, curious to watch that. Well I'm, I can't find it. So I'm I'm <laughs> I'm I'm recommending this without having found it. And if anyone who listens happens find to it find first. it. Yeah, um, get in touch. Please let us know. But yeah. also done things with like some tonal things, like change some of the music, um, ah. replace some of the. They've used um, stuff off of the the DVD deleted mm. scenes and. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm very interested to find that and give it a watch. Yeah, same. That sounds fabulous. Excellent. So yes, there's yeah all of that. I will. So I'll come back to Robocop just for a bit because that was going to be my sort of main uh better thing and i'll say what robocop gets right is the satirical edge it is a kind of holistic mm. view of the future detroit that has crime to this ridiculous absurd degree where the extreme violence and bleakness of it is part of the satire and i think verhoven has actually quite a good grip on tone he's um yeah. able to balance comedy and horror very effectively and he's also just several times during that movie in during his career in America with um, Starship Troopers, and I think to a little bit Showgirls, he was very good at presenting um, a sort of view, people he was critiquing in a way that still had affection and made them compelling movies to watch, but were unmistakably a critique. Starship Trooper Troopers is about a fascists. You know, yeah. Showgirls is about the glamorization of a horrific industry. And... Robocop is about a fascist who goes around shooting people over, you know, whatever offense they've committed. And I think it's wonderful for that. It's just an incredibly enjoyable film where you are definitely meant to laugh at it. And I think in that way, it works very much like the Judge Dredd comics used to work. 
Yeah, and I mm. think I think it's it's the R rating that makes it yeah. doable. Definitely, having a a dread film as a PG thirteen, it's not you can't you can't nail what the world is trying to do in no. the same way that 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 RoboCop has. No, even in that first prog that I reread with Judge Whitey, dread is just blowing people away, and you just see these massive bursts where people used to be, and it's just yeah, yeah it, it's part of the world, you know, the idea of the violence of it, the hyper violence, that's part of the satire, and I think you have to, you have to include it. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's pretty much going to do it on Judge Dredd. The one better thing. How can people find out more about you and your endeavors? Um, yeah, so I'm, I, uh, I'm a writer and I make mm. uh, tabletop games and I'm working yeah. on a novel. Uh, mm. I've got a website now, which is really, really weird. Uh, and that <laughs> is stuartwatkinson.com. And you can find the stuff that I make there and my blog and, and whatnot. And you can also find me at, um, uh, on Twitter at Stuart Writes. Fabulous, absolutely. And, um, yep, if you want to hear more about One Good Thing, OGT Pod is what you need. That'll take you to pretty much everything that's us on Twitter, Facebook, all the rest of it. We have a Patreon where for the incredibly low price of just a dollar a month, you can hear extra content, uh, including all, all sorts of things we've got in there over the years. There's a lot of content built up now. We've been doing it for quite a few years, so definitely mm-hmm. have a listen to that if you've enjoyed what you've heard. Otherwise, I'm Paul Salt. And I'm Stuart Wilkinson. And remember, the one good thing about Judge Dredd is Mega City One. The beautiful yes. vision of the future we're all heading towards. Got something to look forward to, guys. <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs>